You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome to Diablo's Digest, episode number seven. I'm your host, Jay Reason, and I'm here with my co-host, the one and only, Yvonne Murillo. What's up, brother? What do you got for me? How's it going? What do you got for me? Oh, man, you know, uh, we took last week off because <clears throat> it was not a re- it was really not a good week uh, on a couple things, right? So let's start off with the, the kind of the shitty news first was that... Um, you and you were the one who told me about this. Uh, I think we ended up finding out, I think, on maybe July. Uh, yeah, it wasn't, 5th. it was two weeks from me tomorrow, two yeah. weeks back, you know. So, two, so weeks. two weeks ago, yeah, we found out that that Chris Leg, uh, Chris LaSala, who uh, you know, played in uh, Outbreak, played in Fast Break, but he also played with me in the distance. Uh, and we also had a band called Blackened together that we did with a bunch of the guys from Hatebreed. Uh, he was also my roommate for a couple of years. Uh, but yeah, Chris Leg passed away. It was uh pretty shitty, man. Like I gotta say, uh, you know, we were super close. He was one of the first people I met too, as like an older dude when I was uh, you know, young going to shows and I, I loved Fast Break. And I remember uh him being like the only one that smoked cigarettes, and I thought that was the coolest thing because he'd smoke and jump around and just uh, you know, getting to know him. Uh, and I, I remember when we were doing the distance and we had, I think we had just released the EP on bridge nine and I got an email from, from leg and I hadn't, I didn't, hadn't talked to him in a long time. I didn't really even kind of know him too, too well at that point. 
Uh, and he got, I got an email from him asking, uh, you know, if we ever needed a guitar player that he would, he would love to join and do without any hesitation. Like we figured it out. I made him, I got him in. Uh, and then we recorded, you know, the songs that were on the split with outbreak and some kind of hate. And then he also, uh, I would say produced and arranged the cover of, uh, anything, anything that that's probably one of our you know best known things. And leg is directly responsible for that. He came up with the idea of how to slow it down and how to sing the vocal pattern and stuff. Uh, and I mean, dude, you and I could probably talk for hours about just the, all the outside show interactions we had um, with him. And so, yeah, man, definitely a really shitty, uh, you know, couple weeks. Um, the good thing is, is that we are doing a memorial for him on uh, Tuesday, the 25th in Hamden, Connecticut at the space. Um, so that's making me feel a little bit better, Yvonne, but yeah, it's not, it hasn't been good. I, you know, I know we tried to record an episode, but I, I gotta be honest, man, I really was not up for it at all. Um, that this one really, really, this one hurt, you know? So it's a big loss. He was a great guy. And, uh, you know, I, I've been telling people, you know, we so obviously talk about this with people cause it's been in the news and people have known about it, but I always say whenever I think of him, I'll be smiling and laughing, which is the best thing you can think of when yeah. someone that you were friends with passes away. And he was always really good to me. I didn't really know him until, you know, the distance days. We had a lot of good times with him. And uh, one thing I remember is him giving me his uh, fast break where it lies seven inch. Uh, that was a really limited seven inch at the time. And I had missed out on it when it first came out and he, he had a copy and he gave it to me. So I'm psyched that I have that kind of, yeah, like that. he, he, he was... gave that to me and I always have that. He was always like that, man. Like if you said to him, like, oh, I didn't have this and he had it, even if it was his only one, um, he gave me uh, my, uh, I think that he gave me the, the either the Josta shirt or one of those shirts, a old one of the old shirts. Um, Did he give you and, the break face shirt? Uh, maybe it might have been that one. I, I can't remember, but it was just one of those shirts where he, you know, he gave me that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I do it. I just remember like our first real kind of like, I wouldn't say it was a tour, but like weekend with leg was a uh, hardcore gone wild, which was that, that chubby oh, yeah. fresh thing, you know, <laughs> that was and, a fun time. uh, oh my God, dude. And just the stories me and him have just from that, you know? Um, but yeah, man, I mean, this one, it, like I said, it definitely sucked. Uh, he, he, you know, he had moved to Florida and I know like a bunch of us hadn't talked to him as much as, uh, as we had wanted. Yeah, he'd um, been just, a little. He'd he'd been a little reclusive, you know. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, and, and we've been we were busy. We were all busy too, you yes. know. Um, uh, the one thing I was gonna say was that uh, I think the one thing that bothered me was that he he loved Cobra Kai so much, and we would always email at the top of every season. So like knowing the fact that he won't get the final season, you know, because it's like fuck, like yeah he loved terry silverman that's like we used to talk about him and like the toxic waste <laughs> shit and like just how fucking insane it was uh and i remember uh when terry silver came back like we were just emailing a lot about that but yeah i mean i'm I'm definitely i'm gonna miss him because that 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 one hurt you know like i said i'm i'm i feel really I, I was talking to to uh to dave russo shout out to to dr hoof who, who played drums in in blackened and we were talking about how i don't think that that record could ever happen again for any of us. Right. Cause it's like, Hatebreed is so fucking busy that that was like an anomaly that BD had that little window to come and like record. Right. And then like, 
you know, like I was just coming out of like serious touring with the distance. So like, I was really like top of the game vocally ready to write. And and I remember leg just being like, Oh, we gotta, you gotta come back hard. Like, you know, he was like pushing me to, to, to come hard, you know, like, uh, with something heavy and he's like, I got this record and I want to write. And then, and then, you know, we got Dave involved and stuff and yeah, man, like I just feel really lucky that we got to do that. Shout out to think fast and Ryan for putting that out and, and, and getting a vinyl done of that. And, and I mean, I mean, you got to think about it, like how often in someone's life are they able to, to play music and record with someone who, whose band that they looked up to at a certain time. I mean, you had, he was in your band. He was in fast. Yeah. was our favorite band growing up. He was, in Oh your my band. God, dude. Like, like how said, cool is that? You know, it, it was the coolest man. Like I said, one of my, uh, one of my, like, again, first memories, right. Was that, uh, I mean, you remember, we, we loved going to see fast break play and they were playing this show. It was like in a base. I don't know if maybe you, you must've came with me. I, I don't, cause I don't know who else would have came. Uh, maybe Mike, if not Michael, probably, but, uh, Fast Break was playing in a basement in New Haven somewhere. And it the flyer had said to like call to find out. And it was like Legs House. And I was just like, I don't know, we must have been like 16, 17 in that in that area. And I called and I was like, yo, Fast Break's playing, blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like, Oh, you like Fast Break here? And he put Leg on the phone. And Leg talked to me for like <laughs> t- five minutes about Fast Break. And I remember going to that show and uh Break Faith did uh uh, like a reunion at the end of it after that set in the basement, which was cool. Uh, I don't know if you, I did you go to? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't there. I remember that. Um, I'll say, I'll say one cool thing about Leg is like, obviously he was the generation before us. He's a little bit yeah. older than us. <clears throat> and then you know we I, we lived through Fast Break, saw him, and then he kind of like lay low for a while. He came back, but he like befriended a whole new generation of kids. Yeah. After that, so even the, some kids that are younger than us kind of know. Well, not kids, but guys that are younger than us. Yeah. Oh no. Too. Totally. So his, I, his friendships kind of went throughout the whole kind of like lifespan of CT hardcore from the nineties to like the early, you know, two thousands. Yeah. And like, uh, I know he really too enjoyed playing with outbreak. Like we used to talk about that so much. Um, again, shout out to Ryan. He, he really loved that and that experience and how energetic it was. And, you know, we, we have stories of them, you know, that the infamous, uh, microphone stand story at the LNG, you know, and he loves telling that like when they were playing and stuff and like, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to miss all those things or like, you know, the story that when you're, and I've seen a bunch of people post this one, that's why I'm going to bring it up. Was that like, um, he would always give you a scenario, you know? And it was, uh, it'd be like, you'd either be holding an ice cream or a balloon, like something kind of off, you know, a little off and somebody you'd be walking and somebody would start a fight with you. And it's like, do you let go of the balloon? <laughs> or like, do you hold the ice cream cone? And it's like melting. It's like, a, you know, and, he, and we would talk about this for hours, man. And and again, like uh, after he passed, seeing how many people he touched and, you know, dude, he had a whole thing going on with uh, the gaming community for No Man's Sky. Yeah, it's um, like, I had no clue about that. Yeah, I, I had no clue. But you know what? Not surprising, man, because that was so, you know, he used to like to play uh, EverQuest and Diablo um you know again and he used to do a youtube channel for kiss music uh that he'd stream every friday night you know so again man there's just all these little things that i'm you know definitely gonna miss him but again i feel so lucky uh that got to write music with him that we got to share so many cool experiences um yeah man and i'm I'm really i'm looking forward to tuesday you know to just get everybody together totally Rest in uh, peace, Chris Leg, man. Yeah, rest in peace, Chris Leg, forever. 
And then the, the other shitty news, man, like, like a couple days after that, uh, and I, I, I didn't know him. I don't know if you did Yvonne, but, uh, I might've met him once, but I know, obviously we know a lot of people that knew him. Yeah. A lot of mutual friends, man. Pete, mean Pete Kowalski from, uh, remember never until the end Bishop ex Bishop X and, uh, Heather Coven, uh, he, you know, he, he was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer in early 2020. Um, so that, that just sounds really brutal, man. And, and again, I didn't know him, but, uh, like you said, man, so many mutual friends, uh, and very similar seemed like, you know, like leg touched a lot of people, uh, really unfortunate man, but cool that he left behind a huge catalog of music that you can go and check out and, uh, and relive, you know, and it's kind of sad, man. It's like, you think like, you know, dude, the day that you and I aren't here, it's like, that's going to be it. And it's like, whatever we've left behind, that's all people are going to do is like be able to watch us on YouTube, all these fucking episodes and, <laughs> you know, fucking Spotify list of our bands, you know? Yeah. And go, go that's listen it. to dead wrong in the distance and shit. Uh, but yeah, so I just wanted to, I wanted to take a couple minutes to, uh, to, to show some love for, uh, yeah. for Chris. Legg Condolences and, to all our friends out there that are, that are hurting on, you know, for the Chris Legg thing for the mean Pete thing. So obviously yeah. as we get older, we lose more friends, right? I mean, we're not yeah. that old, but we're, we're getting up there, you know, it's getting there. Yeah. So, so the type uh, of thing that's going to happen more and more often, unfortunately, as you get older. Yeah. But you know what? Let's, let's, uh, let's swing it around positive now. Uh, what do you got for me? I'm trying to think what, what's, what's coming up, you know, and you know, I, I, uh, so I, I got some cool news. I think, uh, we, I, 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 I think people know about this. Uh, if you're following, the store account if you're following static era um but so we've been working on a reality show i think you know about this too right actually and on monday uh this monday i'm driving to burlington vermont to uh burlington record plant so shout out to those guys for uh giving us a tour we're going to film the last bit of the pilot there we're going to show how a record's made which is going to be sick so um, if everybody could add uh, at at Record Stories TV at Instagram, uh, so Record Stories TV, we're just trying to get that off the ground. That's where we're going to probably post, you know, like the first uh, clips and stuff there. But yeah, man, it's been exciting. I'm, I'm really excited to go to a plant, Yvonne. You know, like I I seen them on TV, but to actually go and now see this machine, uh, especially, you know, it's, it was always a dream of mine to have to open something like this at some point in my life, you know, maybe in my, my fifth career, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you know, uh, it's always, it's always something different as, as far as like us being in bands and, you know, we've had cassettes, we've had CDs, but there's always something different about having your band on a record. Oh right? yeah. It's just oh. a different thing. It feels more official than anything else. It feels like a real, it feels like the world could end, but the record would still be there. Like tapes feel like they'd get destroyed cds would decay but like vinyl you'd find it like in a fucking pile of dirt i mean then you just think about like the times you've been at the shop and you've seen some of the worst dirtiest vinyl come in we throw it through the the ultrasonic and that shit looks brand new and it sounds like you know what i mean where it's <laughs> like, like a CD, million bucks yeah, yeah like a cd or a tape it's like that that ain't happening you know um but yeah i mean i'm, I'm really excited so everybody if you could show some love uh record stories tv.com uh, once we finish the pilot, everybody always asks this process and I'm, I'm learning with you guys, but once we finish this, they, uh, have an agent that they have hired and, uh, think of it like a band thing, almost like this is our demo. And now 
this guy's going to go to all the, you know, the labels, which will be streaming networks, cable networks, uh, and try to get this thing sold. So fingers crossed, man, maybe, you know, by next year, we'd, uh, we'd be in full production, which would be awesome. Uh, and the stuff I've seen so far looks great. Yeah. Everyone's got to look out for that. Everyone's got to follow the IG. Yeah. Support. Now, what do you got? I know you said you had a couple of things you wanted to talk about. I'm trying to think. Um, we got a good guest today too. I'm excited for this. Oh, for sure. Um, what was I going to say? You know, it's like, I'm drawing a blank all of a sudden, you know, it's all um, good, man. Uh, we had two events you... at the store. Shout out to right? everybody who came out for the Barbie listening party and the Greta Van Fleet listening party. Uh, Barbie was close to a hundred people, which was fucking insane. Uh, and Greta Van Fleet was about 75 in that ballpark. Really yeah, great. It's, it's great to see the, the local, you know, local population of Milford and surrounding areas come out and support the store. Hell yeah. It's and, funny uh, too. Cause it's like, they're taking Barbie pictures with, uh, New York hardcore compilation, like right above them. <laughs> so we were, me and Austin, shout out Austin. We were getting a, a chuckle out of that, you know? Yeah. What else is going, what else is going on locally and, and nationally? I know, uh, you know, we'll obviously be talking to Busky soon. He's going to be doing, uh, yeah, that's our guest tonight at the indecision records, uh, anniversary show next weekend, yeah. which is the weekend of the 28th. Uh, so. there's rumblings of a new venue for Connecticut. I'm going to actually go to a show there, uh, next week, right? July 30th. Uh, yeah. I, well, Robert Gade, wreckage. yeah, but I'm going to get to go there a little early for something else. I'll let you know how it is, but nice. might be cool to have something else, but all yeah. ages spot, all ages, all ages. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a, like, from what I've heard, it's just like a warehouse situation that could, could form into something pretty cool. So. Uh, but yeah, guys, unfortunately, uh, not a whole lot to talk about in this intro other than, than some sad news. Um, and the fucking reality show shit, which is exciting. So kind of contrast, right? That's how life is. I'll just mention uh, one more thing. Uh, yep. Isaac had a show with Bill Bill this past weekend in Jersey. Seemed like it went really well. Good turnout. Uh, oh yeah. Real, shout real out live crowd. So shout out to Isaac for that. Shout out to our sponsor force five records and Danny Diablo merch.com. As always, you guys know where to find that shit. Um, I'm sure that me and, uh, and he will be doing an episode soon. Uh, I was really trying to keep up with the content, man. But like I said, do the past two weeks were kind of shitty. Uh, all right, let's get our guest on. And then, uh, yeah, that should be a good episode. Okay. Hang tight, everybody. There he is. Yo. Oh, there he is. Hell yeah. All right. Everybody, please welcome my friend and your friend, Busky. Yo, yo. Thanks, man. I mean, Busky, you know you're gonna have to do a real episode with me and Ezek. You're not gonna get off the hook off that, but I I appreciate you doing the the warm-up show, the digest yeah. episode. Dude, seven. whenever you know that. No, I love it, man. Once Yvonne told me that 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 uh that you were gonna join, I I couldn't wait to have you on, man. Thank you so oh. much, and and what a great time to have you on too, man. You've uh, got a lot of shit going on. Uh, I know Yvonne's yeah. got a a list of questions, but uh, let's start off first, man. What's been going on? How how's everything in your world? Uh, everything's chill. Everything's good. Just staying busy, you know. Uh, kids are home from school, summer break, and all that, so. You know, just juggling dad life, work life, all that shit. But That's it's awesome, all good. Man. Can't complain. Um, shout out to your and Hoya's show too. One of my favorite yeah. things to watch. Um, we'll have to touch upon that. But yeah, uh, Yvonne, go ahead, man. I know you wanted to. Uh, Yvonne has was actually prepared today and has a little bit of yeah. agenda for the show, which is well, which thought, is nice. I just thought we'd start off. Obviously, next weekend, 
You got the big show with the promise. Yeah, let's let's the talk about that records first. anniversary uh, show. It's uh, shows. It's the twenty eighth and the 29th next week in July. It's in uh, California. So, uh, how's things been going as far as the promise getting prepared for that? And tell me a little bit about, I guess, who you who else you looking forward to see seeing at that show? Um, yeah, uh, I'm stoked to see Unbroken. Definitely, oh, yeah, stoked to see Undertow. Also, uh, I saw them once in my life. They came to the East Coast, and it was you know cool to see. Uh, you know, West Coast band like that undertow that didn't really get, I guess, too far east. But um, who else? Uh, yeah, kind of looking through. forward to seeing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the Throwdown. You know, like yeah, definitely played a bunch of shows with them back in the day. Uh, probably didn't expect to see, you know, this version of them play again. So that'll be cool. Um, uh, I'm interested in checking out this band God Collider. My buddy Naraj is in that band. And uh, I never really paid any attention to them until, you know, this lineup dropped and I went back and I checked out the record and it's cool. You know, definitely something that I missed back in the day. So and that's be- that's Naraj from Suicide File, right? Yep. Yep. And they're obviously so, playing as well. Yep. So definitely check, you know, all those bands. I love all the indecision bands. They're all special and, you know, unique and dear to us. So, yeah. Tell me, actually, Busky, I want I want to ask you what made you decide to do the promise right now? Cause I, it's been cool. You've been active again ish. Like I saw you were jumped back on the road with terror during the pandemic and doing some other cool things. So it was cool when you announced this, what, what brought it on? Just wanted to do something fun or was it the indecision thing and combination? Yeah, it was mainly that it was the 20 year anniversary of that record. Um, Dave believer, right for the believer record. Yeah, yeah. What a fucking hard record, man. Thanks. Um, it's funny because we talk about this I don't, quickly. It was it's basically it all spawned from just from that, the 20 year anniversary. And at the same time that happened, these these younger kids in Syracuse asked us to play the New Year's show. And, uh, you know, I'm always the guy that tries to usher in the new respect, the old usher in the new. So I thought it'd be a good idea or we thought it'd be a good idea to, you know, do this show with these younger kids. We were like the old guy band. It was awesome. Death Threat. And we were like the old guy Shout bands, but it was all young bands, you know, it was like restraining order and deal with God and street hassle and all these like young, awesome, cool new bands, you know. So we did that one show just to sort of do the anniversary show of the record. And how did they that put, go? It was cool. You know, it was it was Syracuse. It was a little bit um, DIY. You know, it was in a gymnasium on the floor. Definitely old school style feel. Yeah. Um, hot sweaty room you know (laughs) and it was fun you know it was definitely cool so that happened and then it was basically the band was just going to kind of go back into dormancy you know i mean really the band only got back together one other time to do those bane final shows in 16 2016 you know and then um you know it went into hibernation until this reunion you know uh anniversary and then Dave asked us to do this show, the Indecision 30 year anniversary show, which we then sort of agreed to do. So it's not even that the band is back. You know, I think honestly, this will be it after this. Um, it's just the band. It's it meant a lot to us and all the times that we do play. It's in celebration of a reason. Well, it's and- not just to play a show or because we got this offer or that. Offer. It's usually to honor somebody or something. And you guys back in that that era were road dogs. I mean, the band was fucking I mean, I remember seeing you guys all the time. 
yeah. um during that era you know so it's cool to to see that come together again um i know that you released an unreleased song not too long ago right before these shows so everybody should should check those out um it's funny busky i so i know you for a, a really long time when we think about it right like i know you since i was a teenager yeah. uh from uh when we did another when you did another victim on uh stillborn and uh i remember the the cassette and the mini CD, the infamous artwork, you know, with the fucking yeah. the daggers and that shit was so cool, man. Yeah. Um, and that that was my first interaction. So I wanted to ask you a little bit. Uh, I don't want to jump too much, but one of the things I, I I always, you know, love to punish you about, quote unquote, is is the design thing. I think I think you're one of my favorite designers, dude. Uh, you know, super talented. I think you've done so many cool. Um, people don't even know how much stuff you've done. You know, like they they're wearing. They might be wearing a fucking mass market shirt that they yeah. don't even know that you did, you know. So I think sure. that that's so cool. Um, I wanted to ask you, Busky, how did you get into the design thing? And when, when you were, were you like a hardcore kid like I was, where it's like you did it almost out of necessity because there was no one else to do it. So you kind of just, you know, that's why I know how to do all this shit, right? It was totally. like, okay, no one knows how to do it. Somebody's yeah. got to fucking learn how to do it. Um, yeah. yeah. How did you get into that, man? Because again, you have worked on so many fucking cool things in that world. Um, so tell our listeners, you know, who are just kind of getting started or who might want to get into some, some design stuff about your beginnings and and how you got into shit. Yeah. Well, thank you. First of all, I appreciate all that. Um, like you was, it really was necessity. I definitely grew up, I think with an artistic sort of eye, I grew up skateboarding. Um, and I early on definitely gravitated to graphics you know on yeah. skateboards and i remember back in the day skateboarding you you couldn't buy a skateboard based on the graphics remember it was like the stigma that you were a poser if you yeah, bought it because yeah. you like the graphics <laughs> you had to like the skater or whatever right. and i was like man that kind of sucks because i really love the graphics like right because it was time. like the the cooler skaters would have like kind of like a basic like a yeah, solid dude. color deck yeah. or something and then, and then obviously like... you know the more pro the skater the cooler the graphic but not even because some of that you know some of that zorlac stuff or the the Elva skateboard stuff, you know, like the real gritty, grimy stuff that, that like Pusshead was even drawing back then, you know, right. The Zorlax stuff. But then there was the Santa Cruz stuff that the Phillips guy was doing that was bananas, you know. So there was definitely definitely graphics in my eye, you know, and then came punk rock and and hardcore and um, iconography, you know, logos, the black flag bar, the dead Kennedy's logo, the circle jerk skank man you know, you name it, you know, and then came the mad ball and then there came all these like these other things and then came graffiti, you know, so all of these things were coming at me early on. Um, I did the band thing. <clears throat> I started doing zines early on with a friend of mine, um, you know, and then all these all this design stuff was going on, you know, in the background, but I was trying to be a band, you know, band guy I was on tour right. or whatever. And then when that sort of um, man, when did it really begin? I guess it didn't really start on tour. I mean, I was dabbling with a little bit of layouts. I did the San, the Sana Sangre CD layout in 2000. Was that your first? Like, that would have print? been technically my first project. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. But there was flyers in between. There was some business cards for, you know, tattoo shops. But like, I literally had no idea what CMY CM- yeah. was. <laughs> I didn't or know like what. Or like fucking 300 DPI. Like, yep. I no always idea. Joke- yeah, I'm sure you probably have the same experience where it's like no. people are like, oh, you because I could, you know, at we talk about this, like my, you know, my main gig 
I can do stuff pretty fast. I'm just like, oh, you know, and I'm like, listen, dude, I know how to do this because I have fucked up like a hundred things. You know what I mean? Like whether it was like learning, like you said, uh, sending RGB files to print and the color comes back and it's like, what the fuck's this? You know, or the. The I butchered a lot, man. I yeah. definitely butchered. And if you look at that first version of the Sana Sangre layout, it's really bad. You know, really, really <laughs> bad. And again, that's, you know, when we had the chance to reissue it, you know, last year, this year, even Close Casket, you know, did an amazing yeah, job. Yeah, shout out. That it. thing looks sick. Yeah, we have a month Yeah, shop. dude. And that was all, you know, him, you know, and JD also, um, you know, the guitar player, Jonathan. But uh, essentially, you know, like it was like we need to give that that layout, not even the record, but that layout. It's <laughs> It's do it's do justice because right. I butchered it. You know, it was definitely my first project. I had no clue what I was doing at all. Do you still but, feel though like you're you learn every day? Because like yeah. I I still feel yep. like like dude, I learn shit in Photoshop still yep. that I'm just like holy shit that does yeah. that. And I'm yeah. like dude, I mean I've been using this shit for over twenty years. You know, um, just like and just you, the technology you know? itself is growing. You know, like every every version. While I was, you know, waiting to do this, I downloaded the new version, you know, and it's amazing. This yeah. Photoshop beta. And it's like insane, like all this new shit you can do the generate a fill where you can literally just type in, you know, oh, yeah. skull on fire and all Dude, of a sudden it like, generates a skull their, on uh, fire, you know, you know, they got their, I think it's called Firefly, which is like their mid journey. Um, yeah one you know it's like their own version of that. And it's sick, dude, you know, like, yeah, yeah I'm like you, man, I love fucking around with that. And, uh, yeah. You know, I really been into like After Effects lately. Yeah. Like I, you know, just doing a lot of like that video shit. Yeah. Um, well, that's the cool thing new... is, oh, go ahead. I feel like there's always room to grow with this. You know what I mean? And, and um, I think over the years now of doing it, I definitely have developed just a staple thing that I start with, and then I I also can just grow from there. I can do cool. Totally. Cool, you know, I got a project today that's totally not what you would expect and that's what i was like i i definitely want to do it you know it's it's not a cut and paste with a, a bunch of textures it's like right. something i'm gonna have to <clears throat> actually uh reprogram myself to design a different way you know and it's yeah. like i enjoy those challenges i recently had to do a bunch of stuff for black anvil and it was amazing because he was like <laughs> i want you but with our you know our style and uh it was a whole entire tour capsule and it was like i really had to think about it you know it's like it wasn't just hardcore photo with lettering and you know the generic sort of formula of things like you know death metal definitely has its own vibe (laughs) and they're black metal everything so um but then you know i'll I'll have to do stuff for you know sun records or right police in the same day you know or totally and and now earlier on that you just mentioned something about like zines and shit so let's go back a little bit to the beginning how did you get into like the whole hardcore punk rock thing? Like, how did you discover this? I know you grew up in Syracuse, right? Yeah. Outside Syracuse. Outside yeah. Syracuse. So how did you get exposed to that scene? Cause that's like a, I mean, I know for me and Yvonne, that's like an infamous scene. Like, like you said, the new year shows or like, yeah. you know, the path of resistance cover, like all those things. Like, how did you get attracted to that? Like, how did you discover that? Um, Same thing, you know, skateboarding really, you know, like I was, it was very, by Were chance. you seeing like the magazines and stuff or was yeah, it like- for sure? Yep. I definitely had a subscription to Thrasher magazine in the late eighties, you know, so getting that every single month was massive, you know, it really was. And you would just get, you would get the magazine and at that age, you're just absorbing a lot of visuals. You know what I mean? Like you don't know much about the culture yet, but you're seeing photos and you're like, wow, this guy looks crazy. Yeah. Or, this guy <laughs> looks, you know, tough and hard. And it's like, it's all a visual 
aesthetic at that point. So, right. um, you know, I'm just seeing photos of like bold and killing time and just like these amazing photos in Thrasher and uh, reading reviews. But also, you know, just getting records, you know, you see an ad, you go to the record store and you're like, I don't know if this is any good, but there's a guy moshing on the cover. So it's right. got to be somewhat, you know, relatable or good. So that and happened you... with that Suicide Machines okay. album. Like, I didn't know anything about that band, but the fucking cover had like a guy jumping on it. And it was a ska record. I was so yeah. bummed. Yeah. I mean, it was. <laughs> It was good later, and like as sure. years go on, I learned about the band and the history, and it made sense. But there was nothing like I thought that was going to be like a fucking you know yeah. youth crew record, and you're like, whoa! At that time, that's kind yeah. of what you know. That's that's what you want out of it. Yeah, totally. But, um, you know, a lot of it was just that. You know, it was just um just getting your- mainline stuff from skateboarding magazines. You know, but I had an older brother too that was uh along the same trajectory as me. And that opened doors to the older guy crowd, you know, so there was definitely a scene prior to what a lot of people came to know as, you know, Syracuse hardcore with Earth Crisis and the path. And I guess what our generation specifically, you know, knows it as and what came after us. Right. But there was stuff prior to that. It was more of a punk rock, you know, smaller hardcore scene. There was this really dope band called the Catatonics from Syracuse. Southern Lord just reissued their seven inch. Cool. Um and I mean, there was definitely smaller stuff, but there was there was an older guy crowd that my brother was, you know, keen on. And then we would get kicked down just cassettes from, you know, some of these older guys, you know, subhuman stuff, uh, the minor threat stuff, you know, and. It's just that same thing you had, you had the trickle down effect, right? right. You, know, you had somebody that was handing it to them that handed it to you and it just it eventually trickled down to the point where, you know, you just sort of you create your own new scene do, years do you, later and do you remember your first couple shows um yeah for sure i mean there were local shows um you know my buddy's band underside they were just like a local band but they went out on tour with some bands and he ended up in a band with these guys from monsula which was a cool band from out west and uh you know just local stuff but then when i finally went to syracuse which was you know like going to the city right um I saw that would have been like 90 or 91. And it was like, uh, it's tough to remember because so many times these these shows got mixed up and whatever, but there was a version of like a vision shelter journeyman eye for an eye. Something, some merge. Yeah. Like just some insane lineup. Yeah. I went to this one and this, and I think vision canceled, but shelter played. And then the next one I went to was the opposite. It was like shelter canceled, but vision played. So (laughs) in my brain, it was a mess, you know, right. It was definitely, it was, it was massive. You know what I mean? It was like, there was the local show, which was fun, you know, and it was just friends and people from town that you knew. Yeah, you know, that's like us. It was like going to teen centers first. Right. Like, I mean, that's what I, that was my first exposure to like any kind of like, yep. oh, this dude, my age is playing something. You know totally. what I mean? And they were your friends. You know what I mean? Like, these were my guys that I was skating with. And, you know, like those were my friends, you know, so it was cool. But then going to Syracuse, it was like, you know, they really knew how to mosh and they really knew how to stage dive and they really knew how to play hardcore music and they really had international bands you know like our local bands and the shows that we had in our local shows were just there were townies you know but when you saw vision you know and and then you saw like god damn like you saw a real hardcore band yeah. play for the first time it was like 
Holy shit. And Journeyman, I don't know if anybody out there knows that band Journeyman, but I saw a very early version of them with a dude from up front singing and it was literally mind blowing. It blew my mind. And that was probably the first, second or third, you know, like official show that I had seen. And are you playing an instrument at this time? Not yet? at that time. No, I mean, I was definitely air guitaring, you know, the shit out of my but the, fucking But house. the bug was in you. You saw this and you're definitely. like, I want, I could do yeah. this. I want to get on stage. I want to yep. do that. Um, By 90, man, my, 93, maybe I had some, you know, pretty whack band that I was trying to do. So we all do uh, every, we all start yeah, that way. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that shit was called green. That's how whack it was. Like the name was just green. Dude, our, mine was links for minus. It didn't even make no sense. Yeah, you know, it so, just was like some shit me and Michael Ryan made up. Uh, Yvonne, what do you, Yvonne, what do you got? I know you're waiting. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Oh, to no. or... Dude, sorry. we could go on for fucking I know, we... for months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? I, love I, love, I, I love these conversations. Yeah. Well, I want to bring up, obviously, uh, you know, you doing the hard corner with Hoya. Yep. I think it's really cool, especially. I know. I, I mean, as far as I know, you, you've always kind of had your finger on the pulse. Always looking for new bands. Always looking for new music. Oh yeah, I mean, dude, Busky has turned. Shout out to Busky for for bringing Teardrop to Static Era. You know, oh, I mean, he yeah. he, you know, like, yeah. Go ahead, Yvonne. I agree. And as far as uh, kind of tell us about the genesis of that and how you know Hoya had this. Obviously, he's doing this uh, spoken word podcast. He's yeah. doing some videos on YouTube. Yeah, and- shout out to Hoya. I mean, one of the one of the you know, a just a Big super talented out. musician, but just one of genuinely a fucking great human being. Yeah. Uh, was lucky enough to be a guest on on both of your shows actually on on his podcast and yep. and this one um yeah tell us about that coming together because that is it's very cool to see that and i love the format of it the way that you guys have it set up more like a news style versus yep. like a podcast thing you know yeah and it's just it's just him. cool yeah it's cool seeing him so kind of into it and really open to kind of you guys yeah. chatting about what's going on now just tell yeah tell us about the genesis of that and how that kind of came about Dude, it was all him, you know, and that's what's awesome is he's really on a a mission with this thing, you know, with the podcast, the channel, the TV show, uh, everything, you know. Um, So, you know me, I'm always on board to keep things moving along. And that's what he approached me with was, you know, this idea of kind of like a like a news channel, you know, like a quick, rapid sports center, ESPN, just the highlights, you know. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, you know, I was like, that's really a great idea. Obviously, I'm on board and uh, he knows what he's talking about, too. So it's like, you know, it's easy conversation. It's easy chemistry. Um, yeah, you guys already have a relationship that goes yeah. back. His, yeah. I mean, dude, I, I I was lucky enough to go on tour with both of you to to yeah. Europe, which is what was one of the highlights of my yeah. life, man. So I, I know <laughs> yeah. that the history is there with both you guys. Yeah. It's amazing, man. And, you know, again, like I could I could hang like this, you know, it's just easy. Yeah. I can hang out and do this. No problem, whatever. And it's chill. And he's busy. You know, he's got his vision with other things. He started the Heavy Collective, which is a whole nother podcast that he's doing. Yeah, he that still looks does, great. You know, his own smoking word thing with interviews. So he's definitely got a lot of pokers in the fire. You know, how do people and, watch Hard Corner for those who uh, are not familiar with it? It's on it's on YouTube, right? Yep. Yep, he's got a there's a Patreon set up too, so you can always go over there and check everything out over there. But yeah, it's mainly just through YouTube, you know, and uh follow just the same thing. Follow, subscribe everywhere you can and you'll get notifications on, you know, the whole nine on where to see it. But uh it's amazing, you know, and it's fun. It's a good thing to do. Like you said, I've always I've always just sort of kept up with things. It gets harder and harder, that's for sure. But with the, you know, advances of Spotify and Bandcamp and all these things, you know, it's like 
it's out there, man. And if you're willing yeah. to put a little work in, just like back in the day, if you're willing to put a little work in and you, you can get the, you know, you know what's happening. Or yeah. And, whatever, the, and so. the good, the good stuff will find a way to, to weed its way through. Yep. Um, I don't want to be too ADD, but I want to go back to the music thing really quick, Busky, yeah. because um, I want to talk about my first interaction with you. And I think for Yvonne as well was shout out another victim. That was like how I met you. Was that your first serious band or did you have yeah. projects before that? Nah, well, there was green. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I set it off with green. And then, uh, but yeah, so that was 93. And then by 97, I think I had seen another victim a few times play. They played actually my hometown. And then they played like. Yeah, so uh, school me, school, school all of us a little bit on another victim because I'll I'll be honest, man, I, I really don't know a lot of the history because, sure. Again, man, there wasn't a whole lot of internet stuff. I just remember you know, uh, Josta putting out the record and then right. meeting you guys. And I remember being really scared of you guys because it was, everybody looked so mean. Uh, do you remember how many, <laughs> well, cause we played well, voice of reason. Played, yeah, we no. played so, and I remember all of us just being like, Oh my God, they were so, wow. cause that poster, yeah. you remember Josta had that yeah. big poster with the Fucking bass. Great. It was just, yeah. oh, it was great. And, and we were just so scared, oh, but yeah. you guys were always so great to us. But, uh, yeah. Tell me about the history of the school. It's a little bit about the band. Cause I, I didn't know that you joined the band. I, I yeah. thought you were always in it. So yeah, no, they had a demo, man. They had a demo out prior to the Stillborn, you know, EP that you guys put out. So um, Jonathan, the guitar player, JD, he moved to Syracuse from San Jose, basically to start, you know, a vegan straight edge East Coast Syracuse vegan straight edge band. Sick. So he moved here with this, you know, these the intentions of that. He started this band. Um, I'd heard it, seen it, and it was great. You know, it was integrity meets course of disapproval. Yeah. You know, and it was just. It was so heavy, especially at that time. Dude, there was yeah. not a lot of shit like that at all. And it was mean and it was, you know, it was just it was perfect. You know, yep. really good. And then um, again, they played a few times and I, I saw them once and I just made this sort of, you know, half joke half serious obviously more serious <laughs> but i was like yo you need another guitar player you know and jd yeah. was like yeah you know you're right and i was like let's do it you know and that's awesome he had no idea he's like do you play guitar and i was like kind of i would i did but i didn't you know like i had this guitar i didn't have a band necessarily that i knew how that i learned how to play with right but i knew that i could play those songs you know I mean, right I knew i knew that i could you know at least learn them and get better at it and so and was that, that was, like that was that your first interaction and kind of being in like a real band and kind of absolutely, getting around yeah. outside yep. of green. We all know, know how, how successful that was. Yeah. So, uh, but outside of that, that's your first kind of like 100 percent. We're, tra- yep. you know, traveling, getting in the van, doing shit. 100 percent. Yeah. Um, and it was amazing because they had already had that EP that Jamie put out. that Stillborn came out. That was already recorded as just demo songs. It was like these are our new songs. Right. And it wasn't an official release yet. And JD gave me those songs and he was like, this is all the new shit. Learn this stuff before you worry about learning the demo. And I was like, all right, cool. You know, so I went home and I remember learning that portrayal of vengeance stuff. Yep. And then I went to like the first practice and I knew everything inside and out. And he was like, you're in. And I was like, perfect. And like a month later, we went to go see Haybreed actually in Syracuse. And that's when I met Jamie and that's when that whole thing came together. Yeah. You know? I, I was going to ask you, man. So tell me about the interaction with him, with you and Josta the first time. 
That was definitely something I think that JD and Anderson or somebody prior to me getting it, like I said, it all happened like that for my, you know, for me getting into the band. But that was already, I think, pretty much set up somewhere along the line. Okay. Because uh, I know that there was advanced cassettes. I remember seeing, Yvonne, you remember seeing those cassettes. It was like a black and white cover, yeah. Xerox cover. Yeah, it was just a real bare bones, just real uh, bare bones. Song titles on it. That yep. was it. Yeah. Yeah. So you weren't you were not in the band no. yet at that time. Okay. Nope. Cool. I joined right before. That's why in that layout, I think on the layout it says another victim was, and it was like those right. guys. Right, and then it says is now or something is, like that. And I was in that or something along those lines. Yeah. But no, I that was that. already recorded, written, and everything. And then uh, I joined in ninety yeah seven, and then you know the EVR thing. I was going to ask, so yeah, tell us a little bit. So again, man, this is like for people, you know, most of our fa our listeners will remember these eras, but for the younger ones, like this is like pre-internet and shit like that. So like, yeah. you know, getting on Equal Vision at, I mean, getting on Equal Vision now is still hard, but back then even harder. That was like the big, one of the yeah. big three, you know? Um, how did you guys connect with that? Was that already a relationship because you guys knew Steve Pryor or was that like, um, I mean, you guys were pounding the pavement for sure, doing a lot of shows. Um, I mean, like I said, we I felt like we would see you guys play yeah. all the time. You'd be coming through uh, on a different tour. Um, how did the Equal Vision thing come together? Um, again, I think that was through JD and also Steve Reddy was uh, he was a friend to many people in the Syracuse scene. You know, Albany, totally. Syracuse. It was all sort of connected. Uh, the upstate, you know, Buffalo, Syracuse. Um, Rochester, Albany, it's all basically a straight line, you know, across New York. So right. it was all sort of connected and woven prior. I know Steve definitely had, you know, an eye, not an eye on Earth Crisis, but he knew of Earth Crisis. He knew of Syracuse Hardcore. He wasn't, you know, uh, that too distant from the scene. So he probably just had, you know, a, a good eye on what was popping off in Syracuse. Um, honestly, I don't really know exactly how all of that business stuff at that time, you know, I was just happy to, to be in a band right, to be doing green. Totally. <laughs> so, no. you know what I mean? Like I was down just to be like, sure, we're playing. I'm down. Let's go. You know, like I didn't really care at that point about quote unquote, the business of it right. all, or even, you know, the merch or any of that bullshit. I was just happy to be in a fucking band that, you know, that people that cared about. Yeah. Yeah. That people liked. Right. And then, so as, um another victim ends up winding down the promise is your next band right after that sana sangre sana sangre okay so yeah. tell us about that project that was um mainly just you know jd um by this point we had been doing av for a couple of years uh his musical interests were growing you know he was getting more into metal stuff like carcass and entombed and testament and you know, a lot of that's what a lot of stuff we were listening to at the time, the haunted, you know, a lot of that era stuff. And I think that he just tried to apply that. Another victim, you know, broke up and he just applied that sort of style to the new band, you know, and that was um, that was a no, you know, no strings attached, no labels, no anything. It was just music for music no agendas you know lyrically it was just whatever you know there was no politics involved it was just a musical band and uh unfortunately it kind of just was one of those things where the lineups just didn't the lineup didn't click you know and yep. it was a weird time and place for music there really wasn't anybody doing 
southern metal tinged hardcore and that's essentially kind of what sana sangre was you know it was like this a culmination of like down and crowbar and and like entombed you know so it was it was different and uh it didn't i don't know just didn't really fit in anywhere yet and we were broke as shit honestly we did two tours we did a tour with the hoods and we did another tour with um sky came falling and they both just went you know financially just yeah i mean down. well dude and back then it was even tougher i mean there was yeah. no there was no like way to like you know now you could sell your shit online after yeah, a tour no. you know all we that were broke as was, a joke dude it was yeah there was no way of you know sustaining the band at all so it, it just it broke up you know and at the same time um the promise was sort of starting up you know anyways so that's yeah, when it, you know the promise sort of you know picked up the pace after that um which is cool because the promise was such a different contrast yeah to another victim it's like it was still heavy but it was almost had like that traditional feel yeah, to like it. more of a traditional style to it yeah was that definitely more melodic i think that there was at that point there was some turning point influence going on there was definitely some bold um well, was it looking? What's the second record? Looking back, is looking it? Looking back. Yeah. Yep. There's definitely some influence there. I think there was just definitely more of a, again, instead of pounding Neanderthal integrity, Hatebreed riffs, which the band came, you know, out of, I think it was just that growth of influence, you know. Uh, JD was definitely listening to, you know, a lot more stuff. He was listening to stuff even like Muse, that band Muse. Yeah. Um, and that was shit that he would never listen to three, four years prior, you know, in another victim. So I think that all, all that stuff just started to come out a little bit, even like sunny day real estate, you know, stuff that was like already passed, but yeah, shit that he would have never listened to 10 years prior that he was just sudden, got, kind of getting exposed to. Yeah. He's catching on to it or we were, or just the influence, like, and also Jim Winters was in the band at this point, Derek, you know, from one King down was in the band. And it was just, yeah, I, different. Remember, I, I remember the, um, I remember like when you guys first posted like the promise, I don't know if it was like a demo or whatever, how, however it was posted back then. But I mean, I just remember hearing that shit being like, holy fuck, this is so, yeah. it was just, it was Dude, so those first good. two songs were literally written in like five minutes. You know, it was, it was that organic and it was that it, it came together that perfectly. That, and you guys linked inch. up with uh you linked up with Deathwish kind of right away, right? Yeah, yep. Those were again, those were just demo songs. <clears throat> they heard them. We were handing those out at the Hellfest, the last another victim show, which we played those first two promise songs at. It was the last another victim show. And we had just CDRs. And at that time it was called True Love. It wasn't even the promise. The band was called True Love. Right. And we were just handing out those as freebies and death wish got a hold of it and, and that was really early on that was like death wish three or four yeah, right it's was, like a really yep. early it's a like very it's early one yeah um which is fucking cool yeah you know yeah. you know what i remember about the promise about that the ep coming out and this has got to be 2002 but you couldn't go to a show or a fest without seeing that the shirt the first promise shirt that everyone had really? i yep. mean i feel like I saw that. That shit was omnipresent everywhere I went. Wow. So like the it fucking just, logo with the yeah, just the, the, the promise, thing. just yeah. the white shirt and the logo. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. That's cool, you know. And again, that was a time and a place, you know. Like that band really was like a, a, it was a moment in time, and that's why it's you know to bring up the promise stuff to go back to you know 
the newer version of this stuff. It's like, I don't know, man. I love it. And I love it so much that I feel like it should just stay there. It should stay back where it had its relevancy and its time and its place. Uh, and also, I don't know. I'm not a straight edge guy anymore. And I haven't been straight edge longer than I even was, you know? So it's a weird <laughs> thing for me now to resurrect this thing in that light too, because it's like, I know exactly what my intentions were playing those songs, you know, and right. I, was a, I was a very angry straight edge guy and I'm not that guy anymore. Right, you know what right. I mean? And those songs are great. <laughs> and I know that they definitely appeal to, you know, certain people, but it also appeals, you know, it has to appeal to me, you know, and it's like, I'm not interested in playing a bunch of songs about straight edge anymore, you know, and I love the band and I respect it. And that's why every time we've done the band, it's out of, you know, respect for somebody or something, you know, Bane retiring at the time or, <clears throat> you know, the 20 year anniversary of the record or Mandel asking us to do it. And, uh, you know, I'm definitely honored. And even you guys saying that, you know, seeing that shirt around years ago, like I never, I never, ever, ever. Oh, I mean, dude, it, was even just like, I mean, I must feel cool Yeah, for you, dude. Like, I know how much you love like Unbroken, like to look yeah. back and be like, Fuck, our name is on a flyer with them absolutely. in 2023 is like absolutely and know, i know I there's like, plenty of bands out there too with dudes you know straight edge not playing or yeah non-straight edge dudes playing in straight edge bands and it's all good you know i'm not i'm not dogging that at all you know i'm i still believe and that's the weird thing about this is i know i'm not straight edge but i still believe in all of those words and all yeah man lyrics, and, it, and if it means something to somebody absolutely. today then that's fucking that's matters. good for them you know you do a lot in the promise. You guys actually like, would you say that's up until you joined terror, which we're going to talk about. Would you say that that was really like uh, your most serious, uh, like active band? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause and you guys did Europe, right? I mean, you got, you re I felt like you guys did everything right. Yeah. We did Europe twice. We actually were lucky enough to go to Japan, even uh, the U S a couple times. And the last thing we were working on was Australia, but we kind of knew the band was on its way out. So, we were like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't, you know, go through with this Australian fantasy because <laughs> I'm not sure we would have been able to, you know, stay together long enough to even make that happen. Right. But um, but yeah, that was definitely the most uh, serious band, definitely the most ground traveled at that time, for sure. And then do you do any bands between that and joining Terror? Uh, I was doing Ragman during. Oh yeah, promise. that's right. That, so and and for for people who don't know, Ragman was a band with you and a couple of guys from Marauder, right? Yeah, it was Jorge uh, on vocals from Marauder, Mitz, uh, who was in Madball, Madball at the time. Yep, shout out. And Mitz. Riggs, who was in Madball at the time too, on drums. How did that? Yeah, tell. How did that come together? <clears throat> that was a project that Mitz had going with Bulldog, who played bass in Earth Crisis. So Bulldog and those guys had that. It was just a project. Um, they recorded the record that came out on Eulogy. Right, I remember and, the cover. Yep, and um, they were going to start playing shows, and Bulldog just you know couldn't play shows. I think at that time he might have even already left Syracuse. He might have been already down in the Carolinas. So he was just like, I can't really do it, but I have a suggestion. And he mentioned me gratefully. And uh, um, I just, I don't think I, did I know? I don't think I even knew. I knew Riggs a little bit at that point, but I definitely didn't know Mitz or Jorge personally yet. 
Were you? You were obviously a Marauder fan, though. Oh, hundred percent. Right? I mean, I was yeah. a, I was a, I was a fan of that record, the Ragman record. I had already heard it. Oh, sick! By the time they'd asked me to play, I had already heard it, and I think there was already like, I think there was like some advanced songs that were already out, you know, prior to the actual record. So I already knew the band. So when I got, you know, when that I was getting asked, I was like, of course. I feel you know, like it was amazing. And and correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like Ragman tried to tour and do stuff, right? Like, yeah, Ragman did. did uh, there was actually one tour they did. I was out with a promise, so I didn't do it. But they did a Vital Remains tour that obviously didn't really, you know, wasn't quite the right match. Right. And then I did a tour with them with that band, the Judas Cradle. I right. You remember them? Was that Rob? Was that Rob Fish's band or no? no that's Judas Fact. That's Judas Fact. No, Judas Fact. Oh, Judas Cradle. Yeah, no, Judas I don't. Judas Cradle was I maybe on Eulogy also or something, but it was. Oh, okay. It, yeah, maybe I do remember core, it. Yeah. Screamy, whatever. Just again, it was just that era that there wasn't anything. There wasn't anything like Ragman, and right. I still to this day, I don't think there is. You know what I mean? I think it, that record is just one of those records that came out and just fucking, you know, it was so good that it just sort of went over people's heads or it wasn't around long enough to create anything. You know what I mean? It was just right. too quick. It was just there and it was gone, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, that record's amazing. Yeah, right. so definitely. Yeah, that's on streaming. And then so from there, do you end up linking up with the guys in tear? From there, uh, well, the promise, the promise broke up, <clears throat> and then, um, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, well, how did that whole thing happen? I was in the studio. Yvonne was there. You were there. I was there too. Yeah, yeah we were in the studio recording that always with the Zeus. Way, shout the out backups. to Zeus. Yeah, shout out to Zeus. Yeah, and um, dude, I really don't remember again. I mean, it was all. Scott has been a very close friend for a very long time. I know that we had talked for years about doing a band. Um, and I think at one point I even got asked to join Terror prior to that, you know, when Rich Thurston might have left or something. I don't even know. But there was always just sort of that, you know, that friendship there. And then Carl left. And, yeah, dude, I don't even remember how it happened. But I just yeah, know that, that you know. I remember recording the record and I remember being there was a notes on the refrigerator, a list that Scott had in one of the notes of it was like a to do list. And one of them was find a bass player and it got crossed out. And somehow during that session, you know what I mean? It was just like I became the bass player, you know, that's awesome. That <laughs> I mean, it was definitely, I'm sure, thought out. It was definitely, I'm sure, more than just what it was, but it was just kind of like, yeah. Obviously, I'm gonna play bass, you know. Yeah, no, that was super that cool. Recording session, I remember. Yeah, it was it was cool too to just see you again go from um, active band to another active band because again, yeah. like you know, so many times we become friends with people who tour for a lot, and then you know, for whatever reason, their their next thing doesn't tour as much, yeah. so you don't see them. So I was I always remember being psyched that uh, that you were always around uh, more. Uh, during during that era and, and then yeah. you were with terror for a really fucking long time no unfortunately it wasn't i mean it was only really three years you know at the end of the well, day. In hardcore in hardcore world, oh sure that's a really long yeah that's, yeah, that's a long yeah. time. <laughs> but that's the you know again in hindsight i didn't think you know i didn't think terror was going to last as long as they have you know yeah, shout out to terror one of my favorite bands shout man. out vogel and all those the guys best. The, the best the best and uh 
again, I'm very fortunate and grateful to have even spent those three years. And like you mentioned before, even to do some fill in stuff, you know, in the past year. Yeah, dude, I mean, even to get re- to write and record a record with them. Yeah, you dude, know what I mean? You're awesome. that, that record is like has your your flavor all, all over that record, I, I think, for sure. Uh, thank you. Nick Chat. Uh, I got yeah. I got to praise Nick Jet. You know he's he's amazing. And Scott, you know these guys really really know that band and they know you know how to make amazing songs for that band. Really, yeah, do. totally. But I mean, even the way you played on you know those songs, yeah, when you were playing with them, it's just you're the way you you're there's yeah. just a signature about uh, anyone who knows who has watched you play will know what I'm talking about when when I say that. Um, thank you. The other thing too I wanted to ask you about was. Uh, you were doing a zine for a little while. Yeah, that's still there. It's it's a you know slow rolling man. You know everything. Yeah, give I, us I, the give us the name. Uh, an attitude exhumed. It's actually yep. it actually started as a online. I guess you could call it a blog. Probably twenty years ago, which is funny because uh, it's always just been you know an online sort of dumping ground for new music and or things that I'll, you know, unreleased things or whatever, I'll, I'll put things on that. And um, <clears throat> it was there for years and years and years, and I neglected it, and then I'd go back to it, and I'd, you know, take a break for a while. And then, I don't know, just I got the bug to do print stuff again, you know, like designing-wise, I end up always sort of having T-shirt designs, you know, to do, but very few, like, print projects that, it's a different medium, you know, you can go. Yeah. And it's a different, there's it. a different satisfaction. Yeah. Seeing different that creativity come to life, for sure. Everything. So, um, our good friend, Patrick Kitzel was doing a series of tattoo fanzines at the time called tribal. And, uh, yeah, those things inspired. are sick. If anybody hasn't seen them. Yeah. They were awesome. And they were just inspiring, you know, and I watched him put these things literally together in like a month and they would sell out in an hour and, and it was just motivating. It was cool. And it was before, I guess the, the, this print comeback, you know, where everybody's doing print stuff again. And it was just, I don't know. It's always just been a fun medium. You know, I've always enjoyed doing print stuff. So, uh, I are we going to get just... a new, are we going to get a new issue? Uh, you think before this year or maybe next year, what do you think? Probably. Yeah. But it also, it, you know, it's one of these things where it it's evolving beyond just the print thing. You know, like I did a cassette tape to sign a sign reissue. I put that out on cassette as, you know, in an attitude exhumed, um, I did this little lyric book, you know, which was just a an uh, an idea that I, you know, some old lyric books that I had laying around. That I sort of flipped the idea and made it a hardcore punk lyric book. Um, and even the promise, um, that dire fight song that just came out, we yep. put that out. I put that out as an, an attitude exhumed release as a limited edition lathe cut seven inch. So. Sick. It's more to me, you know, I don't know. It's more just sort of just like my musical. Like outlet, a way to whether. put out output. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah absolutely. It's your brand. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it started with the zine and, uh, you know, then I did the Earth Crisis book. So eventually I would like to to grow on all of these things. So, yes, I would like to do another zine. I yeah, the like Earth to do another book, you know, the similar Earth to Crisis, the Earth Crisis. Yeah, the Earth Crisis book was sick. Is there any plans to reprint that or anything? Or no, I mean that thing was just a lot of this stuff to me. It's just one and done. You know, I mean that's just yeah, the way, it's just the way it is. You know, like you get it and you get it and it's gone when it's gone and whatever. Uh, I would like to do another book of a band, you know, in that vein and grow on that idea. It was it was one of those things. That, it was initially going to be like two or three people. I asked questions. And then it turned into literally this, you know, project of doing almost a book. 
Yeah, so that's it was cool. fun and I learned a lot and I want to apply it to something bigger, you know, and better next. And then same thing with like the the, you know, the vinyl releases or the cassettes, the music releases, you know, like eventually I'd like to maybe reissue some old, you know, demos of bands that I like that have gone under the radar and, you know, just sort of it's a it's, you know, a music brand. Like Yvonne said, it's more than just to me, the zine at this point. You know, and, I, and I think it's uh, it's really important, the physical product. Yeah. You know, print, you know, zines, yep. actual physical releases, because I think a lot of that stuff is getting lost in the shuffle currently. Yep. Music is just being consumed on a sound basis. There's nothing, no, no visuals anymore that you're taking home and looking at. And I think yep. that ephemera and all stuff like that is still very important to the culture. Yep. Yeah. No, I mean, you look around it, look at our walls right now. You know what I mean? It's like <clears throat> we're <clears throat> we like tangible goods. And I always have, you know, I, I still love getting a zine. And even if I don't read through the whole thing, I mean, I just like going through it and looking at the, the photos or reading what I want to read and picking up this and that. And, you know, uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's just a part of my life. You know, like I like making shit. And I like holding shit. And I'm sure there's plenty of other people out there that do too oh yeah, yeah. what's totally, what totally and what's cooler than you know you get in a zine at some point you toss it away for 10 years and you go back and you look and it's like a time capsule and it's nice to look back on and you always have it yeah man definitely yeah yep um let's talk really quick before we jet man what are you working on now busky so are any any music any music projects or just kind of focus on the art thing in the pod like the show with hoya what do you what do you got going on um yeah pretty much that just the daily shit you know a lot of work uh just, i don't know just trying to grow i guess as a freelancer um you know yeah you, respect to you dude that's a fucking tough it sucks man it definitely does but it's it's one of those things it's a labor of love i mean i definitely don't think that i could get on a train and do that commute you know, oh no i mean dude i haven't worked for yeah. somebody in seven or eight years so it's yep. like i can't i couldn't imagine with that i did that it and like, it, it wasn't me you know what i mean i made money and there was a stability there financially but it was soul draining you know and it's right just not, it's not yeah what sometimes I, the trade-off is like yeah you're like yeah you're making all this bank but you're on the yeah. train four hours of your day you're fucking yeah. answering emails till 12 o'clock you're getting bitched at because yeah. someone won't use a fucking pro a jira you know fucking yeah. whatever you know take your pick of, yeah. of any of the, the bullshit yeah, that fill we go in the through. blank dude you really yeah just fill in the blank T totally but that's um, just, you know just really trying to focus more career-wise so uh there's you know there's a, a really great company periscope records uh periscope productions that i've been working with doing a lot of um you know t-shirt graphics for them uh, a lot of sun Records stuff elvis you know jerry lee lewis a lot of really cool 50s 60s country stuff um so that's you know that's a good one to have but there's always the freelance stuff you know just did some machine head stuff which is always cool to do um our buddy mark from denver's got a really cool band called time heist so i did a cassette layout for them and a t-shirt design um did a cool 10 inch design for chris weichman um god below brand new sin he's putting oh, out a sick. new record so you know just there's always those like the friends guys that you're always you know that can keep you busy yeah but you always need those bigger you know the clients yeah you need the you one can... big yeah, yeah you need the so one the periscope thing is really nice that's always good i've been doing some work with my wife actually she works for you know a company that does work for champion and eddie bauer so that's you know sick. stuff like that so just kind of focusing on that music wise nothing really honestly just do you I've ever gotta... do you want to play in a band again or are you kind of good 
Yeah, now. but it's got to be the right thing, man. Yeah. You know? And that's just it. It's got to be it's got to be with the right people, the right thing. And it's really hard to find that. At yeah, almost totally, 50 man. years old now, you know? Well, and so. especially too, like, I know just again, just because we have spent so much time together outside of just this podcast, it's like, I'm sure it would be hard for you to just do a band because yeah. it's like, you know, oh, for sure. how yeah. much, again, just because of the design aspect yeah. and all of these things, it's like, I mean, dude, I, you know, the like when me and Yvonne did the death threat shows or, or the, re, you know, when we did the reunion earlier last, uh, late last year, it was so hard. It was almost harder to do one fucking show. than yeah. I was like, fuck, we used to do this every day. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you think about yeah. just starting from the, the, the bottom again and you're just like, man, eh, maybe I'm good. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I dude, it would be cool to see you, uh, definitely do some music again down the line or, yeah, for sure. Uh, or like I said, I mean, it's cool to watch you, uh, grow the brand, um, you know, be sick to see some reissues or, or even some sign some new bands. Yeah. No, it's, you know, I don't know, man. I move, I don't know. I'm, I'm a slow mover. That's for sure. Yeah. I've, I've come to accept that. I'm not one of these guys that just bang shit out and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like I do, I move slowly and, I'm not going to say meticulously, but you know, I, I'm, I don't know. I, I like, I like to, I don't know, marinate, you know what I mean? Like there's things that to me, it's like, I don't want to just rush anything and put things out there, whether it's music or design stuff or anything, you know, like I like to sort of just, I don't know, reevaluate and assess things and make sure that it's right. And it feels right. You know? Uh, so the band thing, I don't know, man, it's, it's tough because it's, there's a lot to sacrifice and compromise yeah. and this is a lot nowadays but i'm i would love to at least somehow take a lot of these ideas and riffs and half songs and if not apply them to a full band you know find people to be creative with and use Bandcamp, you know and use spotify and use these resources where you can just easily record a track or two or three yeah and throw it out there for fucking kids. put it out yeah. there yeah dude i mean you don't need a band necessarily to you know to do yeah that things. is the one cool thing you don't have to go i feel like you don't have to tour as much as we were yeah, all doing in that, sure. that like you said in that early yeah. era where you're like if you were fucking home for like a week it was like oh my god fuck yeah kids are gonna forget you know yeah it's um, a different landscape out there you know you can get away with just banging out a song or two and putting it on the internet and people who have a feeding frenzy over it. And if they like it, you know, you can go play shows. If not, then it's, you know, you're, you're nowhere, next. you're nowhere less yeah. than you were you know, a month before. You're just right there, you know? Totally, man. Uh, all that said, Busky, well, I want to, uh, unless Yvonne, you got something else you wanted to. Yeah, uh, two quick things. So yeah, yeah. Busky, obviously I've known you for a long time. I, like I said earlier, you always have your kind of like finger on the pulse of some stuff. You're always checking out new stuff. Every few weeks, you'll send me a demo or something like that, some band. Yeah. So just mention a, maybe like a couple things you're listening to now that people should be looking out for. I know you got your ear to the street. What, what do you suggest? Uh, I definitely want to shout out Syracuse, um, Deal With God. Really cool band in the integrity vein. Three guitar players, um, you know, heavy, but not, you know, dumb heavy. Very cool heavy. Um check them out those dudes are you know great dudes and they all have side bands and side projects um what else is good uh i love obviously never ending game i love gridiron that shit is phenomenal um there's a dope band called collateral i just came across they just put a demo out from florida really cool stuff uh echo chamber another really dope band um uh what else mongrel 
don't know if you fuck yep. with a mongrel. Oh, that shit is amazing. <laughs> really hard. Yeah, I heard that um, shit. What else? New World Man. That shit is amazing. Streets of Hate. That label. Uh, he's got some really cool shit. Yeah, shout but out, New World Alex. Man is dope. Um, so. Lots of dope shit, man. It's amazing. And again, it's all out there. All you got to do is put in a little bit of fucking work and people like hardcore this hardcore that sucks now. And it's like, it doesn't, it's all still there, man. You know, it just don't be a jaded old prick about it. Be jaded and check stuff out. I was going to say too, before we go was that uh, everybody should listen to manipulate. We didn't get a chance to talk about you guys actually had a band for a minute. And that that's actually, uh, I like all of Yvonne's bands. I know I'm biased because he's my, my boy, but, uh, that was one of my favorites, man. It was um, good. that was on flat spot, early flat spot records release, which is crazy how big that label has become. Yeah. And actually Ricky was in that band with you guys. Yep. Uh, yeah. Shout I out to Ricky, you, man. I saw Let's you guys it. at, uh, at Bowery ball, uh, Bowery electric, I think is where it was. Okay, right. Yeah. One yep. of those shows or whatever. But yeah, yeah. So that was a so, sick release. Everybody should, everybody should check that out. So Busky last question for me. So I just, I was just thinking about this. Hypothetically, there's a time capsule going, going in the, going in the ground and you can pick one release from one of your bands. You've been in so many bands. What is the signature Busky record that you would be like, wow, this is me good. and I'm putting it in the time cap. That's good. Uh, man. I don't know. I don't honestly, I don't know if it's there yet. I, I, wow. I don't think it's there yet. You know, there's some good ones. There's some fun. Yeah. Everything's got its place though. You know what I mean? I really, really like the Sonic Sangre record. I do. I, and to me, that's the most. Uh, it ages the what? It ages the best. You know, the AV stuff was cool. The bongos were a little weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the promise stuff is great, but I know what went into that. You know what I mean? It, and I don't know. It was a very rushed record. I can say that much. A lot of those songs were very last minute. That Sana Sang Sana record was. You know, there was time put into that. It was crafted and <clears throat> we wanted that thing to be, you know, our that's what we were doing at the time. That was gonna be the shit. You know, we we're trying to really push that. So I don't know. I mean, I I guess the Sana Sangre record, maybe, which is weird because I as don't of ever... today, that would be your pick, but maybe maybe in a couple of years you you Yeah, you know, shit. and unfortunately I didn't play on any of the maximum penalty stuff, you know. Otherwise that life and times record is fucking perfect, you know, it's amazing. Oh, man. Um, but I didn't play on it, you know, and again, a lot of the terror stuff I didn't, you know, I didn't play on always the hard way. I was in the the cycle, the touring cycle, but I didn't play on the record. Right. Um, Ragman, same thing. I would put Ragman in there, but I didn't play on the record, you know? Um, so everything that I've recorded of what I've recorded, probably it's not a Sangre record. Cool. Awesome, man. man. That was a long-winded fucking answer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Busky, everyone can keep up with you at buskydesign.com, right? Commissions, if anybody wants to hit you up, right? You're available yep. for hire. Get that budget right. That's so Busky, right. Busky, get fucking... Dig deep in those pockets. Yeah. We're, we don't want that $100 shit. Don't yeah. come at... No, I'm just I'm just kidding. <laughs> Busky's affordable for every... I, I know I how am. you are, man. You're Trust the, you're me. The man. But actually, Busky did which was a huge hit. He did the, I, I call it the tag, the static era tag shirt that we yeah. sold a shit ton of them at. So thank you for that one, dude. And, and again, cool. thank you for, for, for doing this with us tonight, man. I apologize. I was, uh, I got a little caught up in the beginning and was, and kept it's us all a good, late. Man. It's the pod hustle. I know uh, yeah, dude, we got to keep it going for fucking uh, Danny Diablo merch.com. You know, we've got fucking bills to pay here. 
Yeah, good luck um, with the with the promise gig next weekend. Have a good thank time. Yeah, man. Thank good, you. Yeah. Good luck with that. We will definitely. I got. I'll have you on again with Isaac, just because that'll just be a whole nother thing. But uh, yeah, man. Hopefully, we'll see you soon. Um, everybody, shout out to Hard Corner with uh, Hoya. Uh, watch that buskydesign.com uh, for commissions. Dig deep into fucking another victim. The promise. Yeah. All of Busky's cool bands. Everything he's mentioned. Uh, yeah, man. And again, everybody, thank you so much for, uh, keeping up with the digest and the new episodes. We have hit some fucking huge, well, for us, huge downloads. So I appreciate that. I appreciate everybody downloading and keeping up with everything. And, uh, Yvonne and Isaac and everybody putting in their, their time to help me get these extra episodes done. So shout out to everybody. Shout out to all you guys. We'll catch you next week. Thank you so much. Peace. Word. Peace. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.